Babu. 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 You know, I've got to tell you, I never do this, but the shrimp, it's just, it's a little stringy. You have any chicken? The shrimp is stringy? Well, maybe you're a fridge. Quiet! <laughs> no, I... You shut up! Well, I... You make me change restaurant, but nobody come. You say, make Pakistani. Babu Bhatt have only Pakistani restaurant. But where are people? You see people? Show me people. There are no people. You know, I think I'll just take the check. You bad man. You very, very bad man. Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. This week, we are here to review the episode known as The Cafe, an absolutely delightful episode, one of my favorites of all time. I am Dando, joined right now by the critically acclaimed critic himself, Mr. Guy Davis. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Dando. Uh, Yes, and I'm joined by a very, very good man. Not a bad man, a very good man. One Brendan Dando. (laughs) Honestly, Babu Bat may be one of my favourite, like, one time... Well, not one time, because he appears in the finale, but one time only characters kind of thing. I think he is just fantastic. I thought Brian George was just great. What he brought to this character was brilliant. <laughs> he was indeed. It's uh, This is a, a great example of a good Seinfeld episode that's got two good stories running parallel and occasionally intersecting. I mean... Um, in a natural way. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could call the IQ one the B-plot, although they just... They feel like they're given equal time. I feel like the... Babu Bat storyline is almost the B plot. It could well be, actually. But, but, but it, it feels like the A plot. You're right. You're right. I mean, it, well, it, I think because called- the episode is it's like the book, it's like the bookends of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, and the episode is called the cafe, so That's you true. naturally yeah. sort of assume that. <laughs> but I think they might have yeah, pretty much done a 50-50. I mean, I didn't set my stopwatch for this one, but uh, it, it it certainly seemed that way. I just love a I just love a good caper. <laughs> I think that sums up the way the core quartet of Seinfeld kind of operate. I think they, they, they've got enough to do with their lives and they probably could be doing more. Hmm. But just the fact that, oh, I love a good caper. Yeah. <laughs> just love that. <laughs> getting into adventures and scrapes to sort of relieve the mundane nature of their everyday lives. Because what he's doing isn't breaking any laws. It's just being cheeky. George, you mean? Yeah, yes, George and Layla. Oh, like, yeah. Sli- yeah. Sli- just, just slightly deceitful, but it's just, it's just a- Oh, it's pretty deceitful. It is It is deceitful, I guess. I know. Yeah, it is deceitful because he's going to make his partner believe that he's really smart, but still, no one's getting hurt. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> true, true. And it backfires in a very, very interesting and entertaining way. So, yeah. uh, I, was, I was really happy with both- uh, yeah, both plots of this episode. It's yep. just it's so well put together and yeah, as you said, so well performed. And Tom Leopold, the writer of this episode, he both of the stories are based on real life scenarios that he's come across. So he, there was a cafe where <laughs> he just he wanted to go in there, but he was just like, Oh, if I go in there because basically it was um it was at the bottom of his apartment building, I believe. So it was okay. just like he was he knows if he goes in there, then the, that person is gonna see him every time he walks into his apartment. So it's like if I go in there once, they're gonna have to go in there every time, you know. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you go in once and then you don't go and say, oh, no, yeah, the um, the owner's clearly going to get a complex about oh, what's wrong with my food or what's wrong with my service or yeah. something like that. Well, it's like our next door neighbour, right? Lovely girl. She, and she's a hairdresser and she does Nicola's hair. But I said to Nicola, you realise as long as we live here, you're going to have to go to her forever now. Because if you see her at the front and you have your hair done and she didn't do it, 
Someone else did your head, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah, get back to another hairdresser, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as uh, as I was saying, I just think it was great. But um, the also the cheating on the IQ test was also something that Tom Leopold had considered doing. I, I was in the there's, there's an inside look on the DVDs for each episode. And it, it it was based on something to do in his real life as well. But I just love in that story there that Monica, George's partner at the time, I love that she says she doesn't put any importance on it. So. Yeah. He didn't even have to do it in the first place. Like, it's all in his head. <laughs> There's absolutely no need to have to do it. It's just he created this scenario that he, he put this complex on himself over nothing. I think it's something he's been carrying around for a long time. So, yes, it's, it, this came at, I won't say just the wrong time, but I don't think there was ever a good time for George to take an IQ test, given that he feels so fragile about his lack of intelligence or his perceived lack of intelligence. I think that's just a great line <laughs> where he talks about, what he says, what he got, and what he actually got on his SATs, and what he actually got. This I take to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> also, getting back to Babu Bat, so Brian George, it's a little things in this episode, in particular with Kramer as well, which I'll discuss in a moment. But Brian George, he he says in the inside, look, I don't know why I did it, but the finger, the finger is everything <laughs> with that character. That wasn't that wasn't in the script. He wasn't told to do that. He just did it naturally, uh, without him doing that finger. It's nowhere near as effective. Very bad man, like but with the finger. It's, like, it's just amazing. I just I thought Babu Bat was fantastic, and just the the Babu, Babu, mm. <laughs> just the the look on his face. So he actually he found it very hard to keep a straight face in that scene, Brian George. And if you go on the DVDs, you can watch the bloopers where every time Jerry's like Babu. Babu, he just cracks me up laughing every time. It's funny. Jerry is, you know, a bit of a self-centered person, a bit of a patronizing person at the best of times, mm. I think. And here he's being really kind of obvious about it. And for some reason I didn't hate it. But he's, he's still doing a good thing though. Yeah. He really is. It's almost like he's doing it's like he's doing it because he wants to make himself feel better. But he's what he's doing. Oh, He's not thinking for any... He's also thinking for somebody else as well. He's like, oh, that poor guy. But he's like, ah, I yeah. see a, a situation here where I can help this guy and also feel better about myself in the process. Yeah, if I can get a bit of a double whammy here, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just found it hilarious. And for some strange reason, not at all insulting when he's sort of sitting there like he's the best restaurant critic in New York. It's like... <laughs> My mother was right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just holding court. I thought it was hilarious. And uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say one of Jerry's best performances, but it was interesting. It was an interesting sort of gear shift for him. It felt it felt like he was trying out a few different things. Yeah, yeah. I think to date, since we've been doing this show, I think this might be the most well-rounded episode we've reviewed. Uh, we've, had, we've, had, we've had a couple of episodes where it, just, it felt like everyone had a real purpose, but I think this one here... Everyone had a purpose, but all the stories blended really well as, as well. They, yeah, even even Kramer with the jacket. I mean, it plays a vital part yep. in how the story moves forward. Well, well, it really showcased why Seinfeld stood out from the pack, particularly in 1991 or whenever this aired. Uh, it aired in, let me just get it up, uh, aired in 1991. Yep. So most shows, sitcoms at this point, in the family home, same sets, blah, blah, blah. They yeah. created this whole new set in this set in this cafe just for this one episode. Like, it really, Seinfeld, it just takes you out of the norm. And yeah. I think being in a different scenario, being in this cafe, just made the episode feel fresh. I was like, this is cool. This is different. Yeah. And the thing of it is, it's actually really good advice from Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love at the end how they all want something different. They're like, oh, it'd be great if we could all go to one spot to get all these things. <laughs> oh, but, <Yeah. laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it struck me as making a great deal. It's like, 
you're from Pakistan. Why don't do a Pakistani restaurant? It might be something different, you know, and it's, it's too bad no one showed up, but it made sense to me. Well, I've got here Jerry ahead of his time because that niche would totally thrive now. Absolutely. I don't know what life was like in 1991. I feel like people weren't as, in Australia at least, open to try other cuisines as much as they are now. I think we were still very much, I feel like, chicken tonight. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's about as exotic as we got. That and the Palmer, you didn't go, basically. <laughs> so now, though, I feel like if there was in Geelong, you know, the only authentic Pakistani restaurant in, in, in the city, people would go there. I think I think a few people. I think everyone would at least give it a whirl. Exactly, at least yep. once. Yep. You know, and you know, if the food was great, then you'd go back. If it wasn't good, then okay, maybe you wouldn't. Are there any cuisines that aren't good though? Every cuisine has at least one meal you're going to enjoy. Surely, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if there are any that I really like. Uh, well, I've said I I can't eat Chinese because of the MSG. It just makes me feel terrible every time. I just can't explain it. Just the MSG gets to me. I guess. But you, no, I think you might be correct that there's at least one dish mm. in every national cuisine that you know someone might enjoy. There's a butter chicken for everything. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the Japanese restaurant, oh, I don't know about the eel, but <laughs> do, 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 do you have some dumplings? Yeah. <laughs> I also, as, as I was mentioning earlier, Kramer here. Everyone, Everyone's got their version of dumplings or gyoza or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's got, everyone, every culture has got their dimmies and their, and their, their dimmies. Um, butter. And they're butter chicken. So, Aussie, they're <laughs> dimmies. But the um, the little things, I was mentioning earlier with Kramer as well. So, Michael Richards is really starting to figure out this Kramer character because so when he walks into the um, into the cafe and he bumps the table as he sits down, it's just the little little things like that that aren't even highlighted. They're just there. It's just yeah. very Kramer. But I, love, I really loved because it, it's something that they wouldn't normally do in a sitcom, right? So, he walks in and Elaine's doing the test and Jerry's sitting there eating his meal, right? And in a normal sitcom, Kramer is set to walk in and talk to Jerry. So, he would just walk in and start talking to Jerry. But he mm. walks in, he sits down, he sort of starts talking, and then he goes, oh, wait a minute, taps Elaine on the shoulder and goes, hey, Elaine. She goes, oh, hey. And then he continues <laughs> talking. I was like, that's what people would really do. Mm, they would yeah. say hello to everyone at the table. And it's just little details like that that I just love about what Michael Richards is bringing to the Kramer character. That's a very good point, Dan. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he seems very much at home with him. Uh, physically and, I don't know, every other way, yeah, just I guess, other- but, but certainly physically. I mean, yeah, yeah he re- he's really, I don't know how tall Michael Richards is, but he seems like he's got he's like, he's got a lot of body to work with. I'm going to say, we'll, we'll look it up. I'm going to say 6'5". What do you reckon? I'm going to say 6'2". <laughs> he's probably like 5'9". <laughs> Michael Richards is 1.91 metres. So, what's that? In- oh, that's, well, that's stretchy. I mean, hang on. Um, that's about 6'3". It is six foot two point six. So you're right. Yeah, well done. Yeah. You yeah. see, maybe because uh, Jason and Jerry are a bit shorter. Maybe quite possibly. But it's a line I read about an actor ages ago. It's like they seem fortunate to have so much body to work with. And yeah. some actors who are really tall or lanky or fill up a lot of space, they know how to use it. Some actors sort of feel uncomfortable with it or, or can't quite fit into the frame or conduct themselves well with other actors. But, yeah, Michael Richards really takes advantage of the fact that he's got a bit of hide on him. It sort of makes him dominant but also awkward. Well, his his whole routine was physical awkward comedy. Yeah, so and it, it works a treat. That is a good one still. Yeah, one of my favourites. All right, so what was your favourite moment from the cafe? Look, I've got a few here. Uh, um, there's a bit of love with George. I mean, there's... Um, I, Love Jason Alexander, of course, but 
the bit where he talks about, you know, he hands back the IQ test that's got gunk on it. And um, this, about the sandwich in his pocket. Yeah, and he said, <laughs> "Oh, I, I climbed out the window." Yeah, <laughs> and he's saying it's like the most natural thing in the oh, world. It's so great, but just like, where'd you get a sandwich from? My pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a logical answer for everything. And the, 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 the crowd, the laughter from the crowd at that point is like, "This is so absurd," but he's selling me. He's selling yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying before, Jerry's bit about the whole inner monologue he had going on. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. But just that very self-satisfied smile when he's gone to uh, gone to the cafe for the first time and that's right, I'll be your patron. And, and he just said, snap, <laughs> snap out of it, you stupid jerk. <laughs> so- well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but what, what does he say when he first sits down? Is like, this is a fan, uh, a fine establishment you have here. I think you've oh, yeah. for many I mean, years. <laughs> it's... It's incredibly patronising. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, this guy needs it. Bubby Bat needs it. He needs something. Yeah, yeah. He does indeed. Uh, and I love the very combative well, – it wasn't even combative. It was just Jerry being a prick um, at the start of the episode where um, – I can't talk to you at all anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't talk to you at all. <laughs> the bit about the IQ test and Jerry saying, it's because you're stupid enough to wear the cologne. It's like – Jesus, what a burn! You know, he's just—he's really sinking the boots into George. That that though—that was like your classic sitcom moment, though, wasn't it? Mm. Just like the, the, the zingers. Yeah, so, so oh, doesn't yeah. normally have many zinger moments, but that worked really well. Yeah, I mean, it was like he was at a roast or something. Yeah. Just keep needling George. <laughs> um, so yeah, I enjoyed that very much. I really loved the Babu, Babu. <laughs> just oh yeah, <laughs> I think I'll take the check now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also loved George. When he says, you should have seen her face. It's the same face my father gave me when I told him I want to be a ventriloquist. ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. This was such a great episode. I loved it. Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. All right. Let's get into some trivia now for the cafe. But before then, Mr. Davis, we yes. need to give some shout-outs to our beloved $20 patrons because we love them so very dearly, don't we, Mr. Davis? Love them. We love them. Okay. So, <laughs> let's kick off with the one and the only Andrew Zerd, the man who sends us all the audio clips for this show here talking Seinfeld. So thank you so much, Andrew, oh. for supporting the show in that way, as well as by being a $20. He's actually supports us a lot more than that. So he's like he's like a triple $20 patient. He's the man, Mr. Andrew We might Zerd. have to come up with a whole new tier for Zerd. Yeah. <laughs> might have to rename tier Zerds. Yeah, we can do that. Sally Kimberly as well. Hank Scorpio, all the way from... Um, oh, where, oh, where does he... Oh, I can't, it's going to bother me now. <laughs> you, you shouldn't have started <laughs> <that>. <laughs> You didn't know where it was going to finish. You only moved twice, the episode. I can't remember where he's from. But uh, Kevin Dental Plan, Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Steamed Hand Champion, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, a community podcast, Christopher mm-hmm. Darby, our man from what culture uh timothy burleson joel yoland jordan moleman richie fuck that guy apparently is that right no <laughs> katie g <laughs> daniel kotnick shannon hofer jenna rice reese roberts adam sanderson george mick menemy my wrestling buddy stephen roberts sean Davey, bella winderbank david stewart tom pickering mark boston burgess Declan Phoenix and Grant Skipper. Noah, you guys are absolute champions. Okay. You are the champions, our friends. My, my patrons. All right. So now it's time <laughs> for some trivia. I'm going to kick off. All right. Go ahead. What does George say he got on his SATs? He says he got 1409. Correct. <laughs> uh, during Jerry's opening stand-up bit, mm. he's talking about the one shop that can't stay open. Mm. It's 
a something, then it's a something, then it's a something. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it's a, a cleaner. Is that one of them? Cleaners? No. Laundromat? No. No, what is it? It's the same thing. Cleaner and a laundromat. Uh, oh, actually, no. That I meant dry cleaner, sorry. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. Uh, it's a leather shop. It's a yogurt shop. It's a pet supply. Yeah, he says it's those three things. Good question. I never would have got that. <laughs> well played. <laughs> My next question is, who did George pass the test to in college? Oh. Hmm. The first four letters are a vegetable or is it a fruit? I'm going to say vegetable that you put, is a vegetable that you put on most salad sandwiches. Hmm. This would preclude me eating a salad sandwich. They're really and they're really fucking expensive at the moment. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Green <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> no, his name is Letic. Letic. Le- oh, yeah. <laughs> a lettuce is really expensive. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah, they're like five dollars each now at the moment. What? Yes, madness. Oh, that's that's nuts. <laughs> that's that's nuts prices. That's a bloody outrage! It is. It's <laughs> a nut rage. All right. Um, no, next question. My next question to you. We were talking mm. IQs before. What is Elaine's original IQ? I want to say 151. That's the amended one. She was 147. Origi- Close. Down 145? That's correct. 145. Okay. I got there eventually. I'll yeah, take, you I, did. I'll take a quarter of a point. One quarter point. <laughs> and my next question is, he wants Elaine back at which time with the test? 20 to 4? 20 to 3. Ah, okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, what does Elaine have at the cafe? It's like a ri- rigatini or rigor something. Rigor something? You're so very close. It's rigatoni. Rigatoni, yes. rigatoni, yes. <laughs> and my final question is, when George is waiting for Elaine as she's doing the test, he's sitting there reading something. What is he reading? He's reading an issue of the New Yorker magazine. Correct. I have no more questions for you. Okay. Then. Well, that is trivia <laughs> for the cafe We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our in-depth review of said episode. Yeah. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Talking Seinfeld, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Right, the original air date of the cafe was November 6th, 1991. Stars Brian George as Babu Bat and Dawn Aineman as Monica. Uh, it was written by Tom Leopold and directed by Tom Sharones. Tom Sharones. So the episode kicks off with some stand-up that we were discussing during your trivia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the location that's always changing business. And it's true. There's always... Every town has that one or two places where it's it's never in business for more than like a year. I'm most. trying to think of that one in G-Town. The one in G-Town would be... 
Um, well, a lot of places are closed now at the moment due to the pandemic just killing everything. There is that. Um, there's a place. There's a place on Paco, and it's actually, it's actually been this place for a while now. I give it that, but it is at the Telegraph Hotel end, mm-hmm. and it's a cafe that's about fifty yards up from the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's been five foot two or something for yeah, a while. Yeah, been up for a while, but and it's it, actually pretty nice. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The good. lovely Louise and I went there on one of our not first dates, but first like day dates. And it's like, oh, I'll meet you for a coffee at the at this place. And we I'm went- willing to let you see me in full daylight now. <laughs> What's that? yeah? <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> but yeah, five foot two, very good cafe. Very nice. I did coffee in it, uh, lovely coffee and a fantastic toasty. So um, they do good, um, good platters. So if you're having like a Mother's Day thing or whatever, they can they put little platters together. They sell them on special days. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a place in town that's like that in the CBD. Place in town that's usually going in business. Well, um, I'm thinking maybe like that. It's currently that convenience shop that you were talking about that sells all the American stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think that had a fair turnover for a while. Yeah, or well, the one that, and also the one that used to be Panache or next door to Panache. There, the that's place. it. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, could be. Panache was there forever, though. Panache was. It was there. It was there for a while. What the place? It's been actually this Chinese place for a while now. But the one that used to be the Colonial Peters. Remember that one, Colonel? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Colonial Peters was fantastic. It was the best. And then KFC came and killed it. And then I was like, well, and then KFC's like, well, we're not going to be here anymore either. We're going to go up up to Westfield. And I'm like, Colonial Peters though. Colonial Peters. You killed, Peter. it. Yeah. You killed it for nothing. It died for nothing. Oh, you no, know, the best thing about Colonial Peters was, all right, all right, slight detour, guys, but we'll be right back with the episode in a second. After school, I went to Geelong High, walk into town, $2 meal at Colonial Peters, got you a chips and gravy, uh, a, yeah, chips and gravy, a chicken tender, and a can of Pepsi, two bucks. Holy moly, no wonder they went out of business, but yeah, their, <laughs> their chicken was really good. I mean, it was not exactly it's, like KFC, it was KFC-esque. Non-greasy but- KFC. No, it was pretty greasy. <laughs> you reckon? I remember, be- I remember being like, I remember my parents preferring it over KFC because it was less greasy for some reason. Okay. Oh, well, I, I just remember I really dug it and I ate it a lot. I was working in town at that time and it's like, I think I'm going to Colonial Pizza for lunch. Well, we didn't have KFC in town, so it was the next best thing, and it was cheaper than KFC. It's what was so good. But anyway, enough about places that have gone out of business. Oh, <laughs> yes. But I loved the way this stand up. I loved the, the punchline of this. That one day the mothership's going to come down, and all these store owners are going to walk out like close encounters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I thought it had more foot traffic. All right, so we are kicking off the episode with Jerry and George on the street. Why are they there? Are they waiting for someone or were they Purely just- Purely for the sake of the episode yeah. so they can look over the-, the That's yeah. my one thing. I'm like, why are they hanging out on the street like that? Are they waiting for a lane? Why aren't they waiting upstairs? Yeah. So- um, Yeah. They never, they, they never, I don't think they've ever been shown to standing at the front of their apartment before. But anyway, Jerry's, um, he's feeling sorry for the, that uh, Pakistan, well, it's not a Pakistani restaurant, it's the Babu Bats restaurant, the, the, the Dream Cafe. Dream, dream Cafe, it's called. Yeah. Yes. And at this time, when he's over there, he's just sort of in a day, he's just sort of only focusing on this Dream Cafe. You've got George complaining about the fact that um, that Monica wants him to take an IQ test, and he's just, but Jerry's just not listening to him at all, is he? Yeah, but not listening. But then he does pay attention when he sort of sniffs him. Yeah. What, what are you what wearing? Are you? It's a little cologne. <laughs> <laughs> and he does feel very ashamed of it. She wants me to take an IQ test. It's because you're stupid enough to wear the cologne. <laughs> oh, she's taking this course in education for a master's. It's part of a research project, so I have to be a guinea pig. You've never been a guinea pig. You've been a sheep, a toady. You know, I can't talk to you anymore. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're taking the IQ test. Yeah, and she's going to find out I'm a moron. You know, people think I'm smart, but I'm not smart. Who thinks you're smart? <laughs> I'm not going to break 100 on this thing. What thing? 
You don't listen when people talk to you anymore. Oh, oh the IQ thing. Yeah. I'm sure I have a low IQ. I'm lying about my SAT scores for 15 years. What'd you get? What did I get? Or what do I say I got? What do you say? I say 1409. 1409? That's a good score. <laughs> You're telling me. Well, what did you really get? You're my friend, right? Of course. I tell you everything, right? I hope so. Well, this I take to the grave. <laughs> George is annoyed though as he says he can't talk to him anymore and I was like fair point it would be annoying having a friend like Jerry I think I mean Jerry yeah. he's got the hook up he's, he's clearly got money and I think he'd be a good friend to have because he's good for he'd probably shout your meals and he he'd be just, yeah. he, he does seem like a kind of person that you could stand around and make fun of people with that, yeah. which and is what I get like the feeling if you, yeah it's based on this episode as well but if you were in real trouble he'd help yeah he'd help you out <laughs> yeah yeah well he's helped out these guys plenty of times already we're only like into the, the, the start of the third season but yeah. yeah it would be annoying that he wasn't listening to him but George is um George is worried that Monica will think that he's dumb because he, he lied on his SAT scores and even Jerry you know they're friends for life mm. he ain't ever going to find out that score <laughs> Jerry's now in his apartment and you sent me a link today because you wanted to elaborate on this so Jerry's watching out the window well, and <laughs> he, he, before before this moment though he thinks he's the reason he's not selling anything is because he sells two different cuisines he has to focus on one thing mm. like a, look at the guy it's like a spider in the toilet I, I loved Jerry's delivery here <laughs> and then you flush well, it's a spider <laughs> <laughs> of course I do but then he covers his mouth so go for it well I must admit one of the first things I wrote down at the start of this uh, scene was like Jesus Christ that teal roll neck that's terrible mm. um but then he rolls it up over over the uh, bottom half of his face. I'm like, okay, so that's why he's wearing it. But then he name checks Bazooka Joe, the um, uh, American bubblegum that used to come with a little comic book in the wrapper. I'm like, I'm not an authority on Bazooka Joe, but I'm pretty sure he never sort of went around, you know, like a highwayman or a, or a bush ranger or something with his face covered. So I did a little Googling and found out that in the Bazooka Joe universe, in the BC, in the BJU, um, <laughs> there's a character called Mort who does the same thing with his Rolex sweater. He sort of puts it up over his over his face, so you just see his eyes. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jerry at some stage, when Elaine sort of looks up at him and he can see that he's, he says, Bazooka Joe. So clearly they've got some, not private joke, but they've clearly in, encountered Bazooka Joe at some time in their life and just, or are both familiar with it. And it's a little bit of a gag between them. But I was like, what, what's going on? Bazooka Joe. <laughs> I like to think that Jerry improv that because Julia looks genuinely like laughing at it. Yeah. She, she did look genuinely tickled. <laughs> she like, Jerry, what are you doing? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the buzzer starts going off and Elaine won't answer it. She's not getting off her ass. And Jerry's like, boy, you've got to be on the least to press the buzzer. <laughs> Cassis Belly. What's that? It's Latin. I read it in some book. I don't know. I just wanted to say it out loud. And I like how this plays into it in a few moments. George being, he's just, he thinks everything's about him. Like, like it's, but we'll get to that in a second. But Well, yeah, I mean, the way it sounds and all that, and, and George is, you know, he's not huge, but, you know, he's got a little bit of weight on him. I mean, the word belly in it, you might think, what are they talking about my belly? Saying I'm fat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what Cassus belly means? I don't, know. It is a Latin term. Uh, to describe an act that provokes or justifies war. Yeah, so if someone, you know, if there's an act of Cassus Belly, it's like, okay, well, then we are now justified in declaring war on you, pal. Come on, go in. Go in. Have you gone in there? No, I'm afraid we'll start talking and I'll wind up going partners with them. I feel like Jerry, as you're saying, though, he 
he is very selfish, very self 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 absorbed. But he's thinking how most people like. like I would feel sorry for this guy too, and that's exactly how I would think. I'd go if I go in there, I'm going to feel sorry for the guy, and I end up going to partners with him. Like, like that's exactly what yeah. my thing would be as well. I'm like, if I go in there, then I'm trapped. <laughs> yeah, or I'll go in on the regular and have a sandwich that I don't really like all that much. But um, yeah, well, you know, got to got to do this guy solid. There's actually a place in Geelong, which is currently closed for, they're actually moving, right? Mm-hmm. It does a really good Silvaki, but the pizzas aren't that great. But I kind of feel like I have to keep going back there now <laughs> because he, we started chatting one day and he's almost like my own personal baby bat. And he's a lovely guy. And whenever yeah. I'm going to get pizza now, I'm like, the pizza's fine, but yeah. I much prefer it from that place. But, but what about the, what about the poor guy? <laughs> like, I've, I've got to get it from him. So I've, I'm kind of I'm kind of in this situation that Jerry's in right now with, with the, the place that, good Silvaki, terrible pizza. I've got that. I, I just think about this the other day. There's a coffee shop not far from me that I used to go to very regularly. Okay. Uh, and I found another couple of coffee shops in the room that was in these like, oh, but they've got the really nice sandwich as well. And the, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the staff is really friendly. Not that the staff at the other place weren't. And it's been like a, on the coffee. It's been a few months since I've been to my original regular. And I kept thinking, I should, I should drop in. But then but then, like, don't, 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 though, because then it's like, they're like, where have you been all this time? And they know, they know you've been somewhere else because mm. they know how much you love your coffee. See, we've got a fish and chip shop in, in Nor Lane, right, where I used to grow up at and Square, for anyone that used to live around there. And I went to that fish and chip shop my whole life, right? And I, I've, I've always got it purely because I'm just like, it's my home. Mm-hmm. I always get the fish and chips from there. It's what I do. And then one day, we got fish and chips from just up the road here on Separation Street. And I was like, pretty good. These are pretty good. And then we're from the chicory fish. No, not chicory fish, which is also good, but it's the fish and chip shop on Separation Street. Next, next, I think it's next door to Bangkok Street, the Thai place. Oh, okay then. Oh, because yep. I'm always, I'm, I'm continuing to look out for good fish and chips. My local is shut for for the time being for some reason, but I need a place that cuts its own chips. I don't know whether these guys cut their own chips, but yeah. The, not many, not many places do cut their own chips anymore. No, there was a place on Vines Row that used to cut their own chips. There'd be a, a dude out the back smoking a cigarette and just chopping spuds all day. <laughs> that's and, the best, isn't it? And when you can see them do it, you're like, yep, that's legit. They was, and it was so good. I mean, look, it was greasy fish and chips, but it felt like, yeah, this feels like these guys have been around since the 70s or the 80s yeah, or something. Yeah, and it's like, ah. And, and then, and then it got walk- sold to, oh, some, to, some worse, young, isn't it? to some young dudes who were like, and we'll just get a bag of McCain's. Or not McCain's, but you know what I mean. But yeah, just a bag of frozen chips and they chuck them in, yeah. I'm not tasting the love here, fellas. Not no. To- so, oh. a, a, a true fish and chip shop. What's what's the three things a true fish and chip shop has? There's the guy cutting the spuds at the back. Yes. It's got the picture of, on the wall of all the different fish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got an old Chico roll poster. Oh, it's better than the Chico roll poster. It's got yeah. a Chico, the Chico on the motorbike. <laughs> Chico on the cycle. It's like, oh, this place is all, a me- fa- all faded from twenty years of sunlight coming yeah. through the window. This place is just a Me Too violation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good times. Right. Yeah, back to Babu Bat. But back to <laughs> Babu, who Bat. probably would have succeeded if he had some of that shit. <laughs> yeah, you just need the Chico roll. I wonder if Chico rolls exist overseas. Who knows? But this is where, um, but yeah, so Jerry's feeling sorry for him. And he goes, you know what? I could probably shoot him from here, doing us both a favor. <laughs> <laughs> and then George walks in, and immediately uh, Elaine can smell something. What's what is that? It's cologne. Mm. It's cologne. Why must I always be the focal point of attention? Why can't I just be? Why can't I just live? 
<laughs> I didn't. I should have said this is one of my favourite moments as well. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But, well, it's, uh, just, it's not very long after this where they bring up the Cassis Belly and George thinks about himself. Why can't you just be? be. Why can't you just live? <laughs> it's great, great delivery by Jerry. Then. It's very, very well written. I love that. But then uh, he says that he doesn't want to take the IQ test. And Elaine's like, why? You're smart. No, see, the thing is, people think mm. he's smart, but he's not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine brags that her IQ is 145. She's very proud of it, too. She is. She's very, yeah. <laughs> she seems awfully sort of uh, willing to give that up. Yeah, I don't know what my IQ is. I don't even know where you would do an IQ test. I don't know whether I've ever actually done one. I imagine you could find one online, but uh, yeah. But they could just be made by anybody, right? I suppose there's probably authenticated ones that are legit, whatever. I'd go to Mensa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. go to the official organisation of smart people. <laughs> the organisation of smart people. <laughs> <laughs> this is where George uh, says that, you know, maybe you should take it from him because Jerry brings up the old story about from, from uni when um, or from mm. college when he got going to do the test. I like here, you became a legend after that. I was like, oh, man, I want to hear about that story. George became a legend <laughs> at college for doing that. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever cheated on a test or done something that you've done something at school where f- for the rest of your school life, it was like a school legend. It's like, oh, that's the guy that did that. I wish that was the case, but no, I was fairly uh, under the radar. <laughs> Some- okay. I did something and I'm contemplating now- I. Oh. Probably shouldn't say it on the podcast because it may or may not have been illegal. All right, let me rescue you then. I'll tell you a quick story about something okay. that didn't quite didn't quite make me legendary, but it made me. Uh, I'll the- tell you what I did, but this will be cut out, right? You ready? Okay. ready? Get ready for the beep, everybody. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and then for like years after, when my sister's friends would come over, they go, "Are you the guy that?" Well, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. Uh- I'm sure he really appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) But continue, yes. Um, This didn't make me a legend, but it made me the trending topic of the day before Twitter. Um, We had like a a school swimming carnival. You know, you have have that kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, the swimming carnival, yeah. Yeah, school swimming sports. Yeah, swimming sports, yeah. The guy who was overseeing it for my house at school uh, didn't like me. (laughs) <laughs> and, oh, oh my. Yeah, yeah, just what it was. I can, I, I can understand it. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not very likable. No. Uh, and so he put me in, and you knew that I was just not really athletic. He put me in the diving and- Cannonball. Yeah, well, I'd had a, I won't say a bad experience, but I remember when I was little that I was sort of bouncing on the end of a diving board and I not slipped, but yeah, one of my legs slipped off and sort of scraped on the board, not to fuck it up or anything like that, but it was like, oh, that was painful. So I've never really bounced on the end of a diving board as a result ever since. So when it came to the diving, I thought, okay, well, I just ran off, essentially. I just, I didn't get to the end of the board and go, bounce. Good luck, like everybody. I just jumped. <laughs> I got to, I ran to the end of the board, jumped as hard as I could, dove in. And, you know, I did it with as much finesse as I could, but I came up and yeah. everybody was laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> And then I had to dive again because <laughs> you had to. You, you were doing two dives. Were they laughing at you to the point though, where it was just like, could you see the humour in it, or was it was it just? It was. It was like, or did, uh, it, did it affect you? Well, I think I was. I was enough of a smartass that I was kind of going, "Well, okay, yes," taking a little mock little bow or something like that. <laughs> um, but you know, it was what it was. <laughs> oh well, there you go. I, I've never dived off a diving board ever in my life. Not I once. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. 
I just don't don't. I do don't it. do I water, don't. man. I'm just not water. I'm just not a water person okay. at all. I love, I love you know diving or jumping off a high uh, platform or something like, like that. Yeah, like yeah. they've got a K, uh, continue pool. It's about to call it K pool. I thought you said K pool. <laughs> like we call it K Park sometimes at KP. <laughs> Uh, they they've got a nice tall tower, and I used to oh ages ago. It's been ages since I've been there. I thought but, towers have been banned now. I thought all the towers are gone. Maybe they have, which would suck because it was fantastic. That's that little sort of touch of, ooh, you know, am I going to am I going to make it out of this? But it's not exactly like the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where they jump off a fucking cliff. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like, Don't know the driving off. Yeah, <laughs> this is like maybe what. 10 metres high. It's not that much. So you became not a legend. You became a laughingstock. Laughingstock, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know you, I really had some guts back then. I was like, good for you, George. You used to have guts at least. <laughs> but he, uh, this is where Lane's like, well, where, where can I possibly do it? And Joe's, take it to the Dream Cafe. You won't hear a peep. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's now the authority on the place. He's been watching it for so long. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one that cares about the place, apparently. But Lane's like, oh, should I do it? It's like, oh, I love a good caper. You're right. It's a it's a caper. Mm-hmm. Caper's a good word, actually. I like to say caper. That's a caper. fun word to say. Caper. Let's try and say caper and not smile. It's a caper. Caper. <laughs> mm. Reminds me of the uh, the great Muppet caper. Oh, there you go. That's why. Love I that like movie. It. One of my favourites from, from when I was a kid. But Elena agrees to do it, and George accidentally high-fives her in the head. We've all done that before by accident, missing a high-five. What's worse, fucking up a high-five or fucking up a handshake? Fucking up a handshake. That's, I think that, handshake, because it's like, now your hands are together, but in a really awkward way, and it's like, you know when it's like, oh, yeah. I'll just shake you like this, and then get out of here. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, you sort of put it, your hand out to shake someone's hand, and they don't notice for a bit, so you're left, like, you're left hanging. Yeah. But in a really sort of normal, everyday kind of way. It's like people shake hands all the time. Going up top. And go, ah, don't leave me hanging. I mean, you can actually make a joke out of this, like, don't leave me hanging. Yeah. But with a handshake, it's like, please shake my hand. <laughs> please acknowledge me. <laughs> please don't. I'm, I was once like you. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that I think that's worse. Fucking up a handshake. Jerry enters the Dream Cafe for the first time, and Babu Bat is just overly welcoming, isn't he? He's just so thankful that Jerry is finally in here. You feel so sorry for him. Welcome to the Dream Cafe. Well, uh, I've been looking forward to it. Oh, how did you hear about us? Uh, people, people are talking. <laughs> smoking or non-smoking, we are proud to offer both. Uh, non-smoking would be great. Very good. My name is Babu Bhatt. I will be your waiter. A steaming hot folded fist cloth for your pleasure. Thank you. Our specials are tacos, moussaka, and franks and beans. Well, uh, what, what do you recommend, my good fellow? Oh, the turkey. Well, the turkey it'll be. And may I say you have a splendid establishment here, my friend. I'm sure you'll flourish at this location for many, many years. You're a very kind man. Very kind. Thank you. Very kind. Very kind. I am a kind man. Who else would do something like this? Nobody. Nobody thinks about people the way I do. All right, snap out of it, you stupid jerk. You're eating a turkey sandwich. What do you want, a Nobel Prize? George sends Monica out as Elaine's walking by, waiting for a moment to take the test from from George. Monica says, look, I'm not putting any importance on it. I like this. So this actually gets brought back around again. So he says here, well, I think you're wrong about that. (laughs) That's the first time we hear that in this episode. 
Then she says, good luck, don't need it. I like that there. Because he's like, oh, yeah. I don't need this. Elaine's got this covered. But he's so excited when he, when he gets her, gives her the test. Now, don't you settle for 145. You're a genius. genius. <laughs> <laughs> gets her all revved up, ready to go. Babu then serves Jerry uh, the, is it the water. Yeah, some water. But is it, yeah, when he keeps topping steam- it up. Yeah, that's right. But, he, but I think earlier he gives him the steaming hot face towel. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Elaine walks in and she just orders some tea and toast and he's so heartbroken. And Joe's yeah. like, no, no, oh, Babu, come back, come back, come back. <laughs> Elaine, order something, order something. Oh, very good. And I love that he looks at him, gives Babu the okay symbol, yeah. like, I've got this cup, I've got you covered, buddy, don't you worry. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's so, so great. <laughs> then Kramer enters and he's saying that his mother's old boyfriend wants his jacket back. And they're like, well, just give it back to him. No, 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 mm. not going to happen. Women, women are attracted to this jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and he always uh, always spills something on the test, which makes Elaine, Elaine go, All right, well, I've got to move because this is going to end badly. Then we get the discussion about statue versus statute. Anyway, it's been two years. I mean, isn't there like a statue of limitations on that? Statute. What? Statute of limitations. It's not a statue. No, statue. Fine. It's a sculpture of limitations. <laughs> Just what it Elaine? Elaine? Now you're smart. Is it statue or statute of limitations? Statute. Oh, I really think you're wrong. <laughs> I love discussions about this. I love it when you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you know, what, you know what sucks, though? When you're talking to somebody, and Jerry kind of gets it here, though. You're talking to somebody, and you just know you're right, but nothing you say will convince that person that they mm. are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> As we get here. So, you know, uh, uh, before that, though, Jerry's, yes, it's a sculpture of limitations. <laughs> Continue. And so he asks Elaine, no, you're smart. And she says, no, it's statute. Well, I really think you're wrong about that. <laughs> I will, will not buy it. You are no longer smart. Then he comes over and goes, what are you doing? An IQ test? What? Why are you doing an IQ test? And he's just getting her all flustered. Yeah, a- you know, she's like getting frustrated. What's, what? Just leave me alone. And due to all interference, then Babu gives... Uh, Kramer, the steaming hot face towel, and he falls off his chair and falls backwards. Now that was not planned. Oh, Brian, Brian did not know that Michael uh, that uh, Michael Richards was going to do that. So he had to wonder. He says in the inside, "Look, I had to make a decision in that moment. Do I fall over with him, mm. or do I just stand there and act surprised?" And he goes, "I stood there and went." With the surprise look on my face, with the confused look, which was the right thing to do, obviously. You don't want yeah. to steal. Like, can you imagine if you, mm. as like a one-time only character coming in and potentially stealing a spotlight from Michael Richards? It wouldn't go down well. I don't no, think. don't do it. No. He's the, he's the physical comedian. You let him do his thing. But yeah, that moment was just pure Kramer. I love it. Monica then tries to get in, but the door is locked. And uh, George is like, sorry, can't let you in. Babu was in singing out really, really loudly. <laughs> I was like, this would be very annoying. Yes, I, I'm completely with Elaine here. And I, I, I hate to say it. I think Babu was kind of bad at his job. He is pretty bad at his job. He, he's, yeah. he's overcompensating and maybe we can cut him some slack for that. But, I mean, the topping up the water after there's like a sip out of it, uh, just being so needy and so pushy, it's like... But imagine if you had no friends, all of a sudden someone's like, I'll be your best friend. Hmm. You would cling on. He's, he's the cable guy. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Still still bad his job, though. <laughs> <laughs> still, still not very good. He's just like, just let them have their meal. But I can understand why he is, but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Hmm. 
Yeah, but he spills all the all the food and everything, the coffee all over the test. Tell your friends. It's not going to end well. <laughs> Jerry's like, I don't worry about it. She was cheating anyway. But then he gives the suggestion here. Again, great acting from Jerry. You're like, just listen to me. Here's a crazy idea. He puts his hands in the air. Yeah. I love the way he delivered the suggestion. I thought <laughs> Jer- Jerry really shined in this. I thought it was one of Jerry's best episodes. Babu, <laughs> you're Pakistani, right? Yes, Pakistani, yes. Babu, may I say something? Of course, you're a very smart man. I listen. I am not a restaurateur by any means, but it occurred to me that perhaps you might serve some dishes from your native Pakistan, as opposed to, say, the, the Franks and Beans, for example. But there are no Pakistani people here. Doesn't matter. You would have the only authentic Pakistani restaurant in the whole neighborhood. Yes. You see everything, don't you? Well, you know, not everything. I do what I can. I close down today. And when I open again, it will be old Pakistani restaurant. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're a very special person. Very special. I am such a great guy. Who else would have gone to the trouble to help this poor immigrant? I am special. My mother was right. Of course, I've never had Pakistani food. How bad could it be? If you go to England, right, mm-hmm. and you have the choice between, just say you've lived in England for six months, and you have the choice to go to an Aussie-themed pub or an English pub, what are you going to? Go to the English pub. You sort of go to the Aussie-themed pub? Well, maybe once or twice, but uh, I like, I'm in England. I might as well, you know, do English things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, can un- I was just sort of saying, I can understand why Babu Babu would think that. I can I can understand why, yes, you would go to the Aussie pub. I, I I would go once in a while. I mean, I'm not the hugest footy fan, but I'd be like, oh, cats footy are playing. Footy in a palmy, in a beer, yeah. Yeah, cats are playing, and yeah, you can get an actual Aussie beer at, you know, a nice chilly beer. Like, yes, let's do that. Yep. But he says to Babu, you'll be the only Pakistani restaurant in the neighborhood. He's like, you're special. And Joe's in a monologue. My mother was right. <laughs> and Pakistani food. That's good, right? How bad could it be? Elaine then drops off the tests and Monica walks in. Would you go on a picnic? And, 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 <laughs> as, as you're right, as, as you were saying sorry, earlier, you're so right about the, the sandwich in the pocket and he's just, he's so great at acting on his, on, on his feet, mm. thinking on his feet, the, the George character. But obviously, Jason, the way he acts, this, acts these uh, monologues out, Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Like he could sell you on anything, Jason, I reckon. <laughs> he's just so he's so costanza. I climbed so out the great. window. <laughs> I feel like I was watching it and I'm like, this back and forth felt very like a Mr. Bean routine. Okay. And also as, as, like what he's explaining that he did is something you can actually visualize Mr. Bean doing like, <laughs> a, a, as a routine. But it also the, the the vibe of the of the dialogue felt very steamed hams. Oh yeah! Oh, that's a great way of uh, great way of explaining it. Because she's like, it. "What about this? Well, I've got an answer for that. What about this? <laughs> well, I've got an answer for that." It's just, it just felt very steamed hams. Here you go. How did you do? Piece of cake. <laughs> what happened to the test? What? Oh, I spilled some food on it. <laughs> food? What food? What are you talking about? Where did you get food? From my pocket. Your pocket. <laughs> I, uh, I had a sandwich in my pocket. And coffee? Yeah, had some coffee, yeah. Where did you get the coffee? Where did I get the coffee? Where do you think I got the coffee? At the grocery store. How did you get there? I walked. 
How did you get out of the apartment? I didn't see you leave. I climbed out the window. You climbed out the window? Of course. Why didn't you go out the door? The door? Why would I go out the door? The window's right here. You're a fascinating man, George Costanza. Jerry then sees the clothes for reservation. He's like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm making some changes here. Babby's doing this. He's listening to me. It's going to be all good for him. Is this where Elaine says, you're very special? Yes, you're very special, reassures him. Because he just, it's all about himself. You know, he, he's helping this guy, but he's helping himself so he feels good about himself. <laughs> Craven then comes in. The guy's after him. He's like, well, just give him the jacket back. Oh, he'll have to kill me. I can see, I can see where Craven's coming from. Like, after two years, you would think, yeah, you're not entitled to this anymore. But still, if he came back and wanted it, it's it's his. <laughs> I guess. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, I, I can understand why. Is, is is there a statute of limitations on keeping something though? I don't. Know. I don't. I don't think there is. No. <laughs> what about a statue of limitations? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where Jerry sees George. What'd you get? Eighty-five. And Elaine's like, hey, I just can't believe it. Like, no, there's no way. I love a good well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> Maybe it was gender biased. A lot of questions about hunting and testicles. <laughs> George enters. Oh, well, hello, Professor. It just feels like we're watching classic Seinfeld at the, by this point, doesn't it? It's oh, very, yeah. very great. Then he explains how it was the, the Monica gave him the same look that his father gave him when he said he wanted to be a ventriloquist, which I thought was fantastic. Such a good line. Such a great Costanza line. And Elaine blames all the things that were going on. Oh, it was a madhouse. <laughs> it's just everyone in this scene is doing their, their role perfectly. This is so funny, this episode. And Elaine says, I want to take it again. I, I, I guarantee you 140 if you can just get me to take it again. And Jerry says, look, you can, you can do the test in my apartment and you'll be fine. She's like, see, look, we'll make it work. Jerry then returns to the Dream Cafe. He missed the grand opening because he was out of town for a week doing mm-hmm. some work. And Babu Bat now does not like Jerry at all, does he? He's not very welcoming at all. He um he you know, throws the, the menu on the table, just says, very good, walks off. But I like Jerry's, tell your chef in there, I want the works. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> Jerry's so, got his head so far up his own ass, he doesn't realise what's going on around yeah. him. And he's like, I'm great. I'm very, very great. <laughs> no, I'm very good. Very great. Yeah. <laughs> Elaine's taking the test at Jerry's apartment and George is waiting. Back. And then we get some stand-up about the IQ test, the opening question, how to fill out a circle. It's, like, it's, it's true, though. You fill out that circle, like, I better fill this out right or yeah. do I, do I fail the test if I don't do this right, you know? Have you ever done something? I think, it's like, I think I did it wrong once when I was doing, like, what's that survey you have to do once a year or once every couple of years? What, the census? The census, yeah. And I, I fucking crossed I put cross instead of circles or something. I yeah, I was always, I'm always a little dubious about it. It's like, oh, does this need a cross or a tick? Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both. It's they're both filling in the designated hole, but you know, they will they mean the cross is like a negative as opposed to the tick being a positive. Yeah. Am I going to fuck this all up? Yeah. Occasionally. Why am I taking this test? Does it even matter? <laughs> occasionally, that will concern me. <laughs> Elaine seems very confident this time. That's going. She's going to get a good score. But then, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Kramer enters the room and shit's going down. Kramer, I want my jacket. <laughs> uh, you know what my favorite part of this whole scene was? So she's like, she's like, I need to get out of here. And like, Kramer, come out. I want my jacket. And for no reason at all, he just goes, never. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to say it. <laughs> but he gives up his um, he gives up his location away, fucks everything up for, for Elaine. Then Monica says, oh, George, time's up. And he needs to, to lie again, doesn't he? Certainly, certainly does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, 
how did everything just go so wrong? Well? How you doing? <laughs> Where's the test? <laughs> you know, it's the damnedest thing. I went out the window again to, to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Babu Bat is then watching Jerry eat his food with absolute disdain, and Jerry's delivery of Babu... Babu. Babu. <laughs> Babu, come here. <laughs> just, he's, he's such so yeah, condescending. This, so is the, this is the point where he started to... Maybe he was always being a bit schmucky, but yes, I think he's really crossed the line here in thinking, well, yes, I'm the man who's... I can do what I want now. Yeah, I, yeah like like I said, he's a, he's the patron or something, or yeah. he's the, um, the silent partner, but I'm the one who set him on the road to success. Now it's time to, you know, give him even more advice. Yeah, it's good. I don't, I, I don't normally do this, but this, the shrimp, it's a little stringy. <laughs> it's so pompous. It's so great. And apparently that became a gag on the set forever. The Babu. 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 <laughs> Babu. <laughs> he calls him a very bad man this time. You're a bad man. Could my mother have been wrong? I love that. <laughs> Monica then greets Elaine at the window, and Elaine is forced to come clean. And a great little tag at the end of this. I hope you do better this time. Very nice interaction between the two of them. That was just yeah. so well played. It was very well played, yeah. The Dream Cafe is now being cleared out. You do feel sorry for Babu because he had to go and borrow more money and he changed his whole restaurant around and yeah, this didn't work out at all. Here's a question, though. Hmm. So, Jerry had to go away for a while, at least a week on work, right? How long did George and Elaine have in between IQ tests? Hmm. Okay, so close to two weeks, perhaps? Maybe. I don't know. Was that even... Acknowledged? I'm not too sure. I don't think so. So the Dream Cafe is being cleared out. Poor Babu. And Kramer's at the front with, with um, George and um, Jerry's are watching the Dream Cafe being repossessed, all the stuff, and Kramer's no longer wearing the jacket. He's down. A bit cold, yeah. He's <laughs> cold. He's down. So he's going to go back upstairs. Elaine rocks up and says, I know, I ran into Monica. 151. <laughs> that's, very, yeah, that's a very good score. <laughs> and they discuss, what do you have for dinner? Mexican? Uh, Italian? Chinese? Yes. You know what would be great? <laughs> and what an episode. I loved it. I yeah, love it. it was. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where, if you want to win someone over and say why you should watch Seinfeld, this is one of the episodes to watch because it's just anyone can watch this and enjoy it. It's not. You know, sometimes Seinfeld has very a very unique brand of humor, very yeah. sarcastic, sarcastic, negative humor. This episode doesn't really have that pessimistic tone to it. It has. I mean, it's got the the smart ass yeah. Seinfeld humor, but not in a way that's so. Scathing or narcissistic, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. and it's got a good caper, <laughs> it, it does, it's got a fantastic caper. As we were saying, Jerry is all about himself, but what he was doing felt like the right thing to do, yeah. No good deed goes unpunished because the mail never stops, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up, it's relentless. All right, now before we head off, Mr. Davis, we've got a question here from our mailbag talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. If you do have a question, guys, please send them through. This one comes from Justin. And Justin says, what is the most Costanza thing that you guys have both ever done? Oh, wow. Mm. So, this was illegal, what I did, right? But what I used to do when I was about 16, 17, this is when self-serve checkouts at supermarkets first became a thing, right? I thought, well, if you're going to start taking money away from people's livelihoods and Mm -hmm. replacing them with robots, I'm going to take money away from you guys. And what I used to do was, right, I would two things. I'd, get a, I'd buy a hot chicken when they were discounted, right? Yes. So, say they'd mark them down to like $3, right? A hot chicken. I would then cut that barcode out, right? I'd cut around the sticker. And then I'd put that sticker in my pocket, right? Oh. 
And next time I went to the supermarket, I would get that sticker out of my pocket, the barcode, and put it over this barcode so that they wouldn't realize it's a different barcode, scan the chicken, chuck it back in the bag. <laughs> Discounted chickens forever. <laughs> I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> but that is something Costanza would do. That is pure Costanza. <laughs> That's, that's splendid, actually. That's a really good scam. <laughs> it works. It's, and it still works to this day. So I bought discounted yogurt, I don't know, about five years ago. A six pack. Still got the, the sticker. The six, I still got the sticker. <laughs> you put the sticker over the barcode, scan it, drop it in the bag, you're done. Free. Free now. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I'm, oh, I'm sure I've done very, very many Costanza things in my life. For right now, none are, none are springing to mind. All right. So, ne- next episode, when we, when we review the tape, you're going to have to come up and tell us all about the the, the biggest Guy Davis caper you've ever been on. Ooh, Costanza caper. <laughs> looking forward That's- to it. So, as, as I said, guys, the next episode of Talking Seinfeld will be us discussing the tape. Really looking forward to reviewing that episode as well. Don't forget, guys, to please continue to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you do listen to this podcast. And if you do appreciate everything we do here at Talking Seinfeld, we do have other shows that we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network. We do Four Finger Discount, our Simpsons show. We do the one about friends where Nicola and myself, my wife Nicola, we discuss friends. Same as this show, just episode by episode. We also do Going Down to South Park where we review every episode of one of the greatest animated series of all time, which isn't The Simpsons. And we also have a Patreon-exclusive show so if you do like The Simpsons, I'm pretty sure you're going to like Futurama as well. And we have Tales of Futurama available exclusively on our Patreon. But if you do want to support us, you don't only get access to that show. You also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts we do on our Patreon page, which includes we go back and revisit some of the classic episodes of The Simpsons. We also do monthly Zoom calls with our patrons. We have a Facebook group as well, Four Finger Discount Facebook group, where Guy and myself banter with our patrons on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And you can do so for as little as $1 per month. $1 per month will get you access into the Facebook group and a couple of exclusive podcasts, including our audio commentary of The Simpsons movie. So if you just want to drop one dollar, one single dollar we do mm. for one month, you can get access to the Facebook group and you can chat with Guy and myself on a regular basis and have a whole lot of fun with all the other patrons. But yes, enough about that, Mr. Davis. Enough enough shilling. <laughs> that's, some, that's some top-notch sprugan. This has been The Cafe, one of my favourite episodes of Seinfeld of all time. The next episode is going to be The Tape. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Well, yes, you've been listening to Talking Seinfeld, a podcast that is, no, not very good, very great. <laughs>